to Procrastination Planet, where we should be writing, but... We're back, everybody. I'm Carly Knight, and with me is my special guest host, Donna. How you doing? My name is Donna Harth, and I'm part of Carly's writing group, or at least I was until I fell into a sea of procrastination. And this is why she's the perfect guest host for our podcast, Procrastination Planet. And today we are going to talk about bad movies we love. But first, we're going to get some housekeeping out of the way. If you like us, don't forget to subscribe, download, leave a five-star rating and a quick review if you're on Apple or Stitcher. Doing both of those things, and I mean both, helps to push us up the charts and get us discovered. You can also hit us up on social media, Twitter at ProcrastPlanet, Facebook at ProcrastinationPlanet, Instagram at ProcrastinationPlanetPodcast. You can also drop us an email at ProcrastinationPlanetPod at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to go to ProcrastinationPlanet.com and check out our merch page with a link to our Teespring account, and you can find yourself some nifty logo merch. Okay, I think that's our housekeeping out of the way. You're a good housekeeper. Why, thank you. I'm like all June Cleaver and shit. More so than me, for sure. (laughs) I managed to keep the studio semi-tidy. Indeed, it is semi-tidy. I'm not exactly a Pinterest goddess, but, you know, who is really? You know what? I think those people just have, like, certain areas of their home framed out just for the photo, and then everything else is, like, a slob shithole or something, you know? Like the rest of my house. (laughs) (laughs) The one you won't show me. (laughs) Yes, the part that I don't show to company. (laughs) I have the studio entrance for a reason. Okay, it's not that bad. I'm not going to get, like, shut down by the Board of Health or anything like that. No, I don't think so. Okay, let's go ahead and get to talking about bad movies we love. Okay, Carly, well, what constitutes a bad movie? Okay, that's kind of a hard question. It's one of those that's like art and pornography. You know it when you see it. I always think um, low budget, some kind of try-hardness to it, Mm -hmm. bad acting, like ham-handed acting, scenery chewing, like if the plot has like no motivation to it. Although one of my bad movies has, I believe, a pretty big budget. Well, yeah, there's one like, um, what is it, Waterworld? That had a really big budget and it just commercially went down the tube. So, Oh, yeah. But I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with Waterworld. I have never actually seen that one. Well, it's got Kevin Costner as a water mutant and uh, there's a girl with a tattoo on her back. A tramp stamp? Yeah, but higher up. It's like kind of between her shoulder blades. Okay, that's not a tramp stamp. Okay. But uh, yeah, she has a map on her back, but nobody can read it. And they want to get to dry land because the planet is entirely covered with water. Probably because of all the polar ice caps melting that we didn't listen to for the past 30 years. Yes, not listening to the scientists. And Waterworld happens, both the travesty that is the movie and... Our future. And our future, yes. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be dead by then. I'm old. So what was it you liked about the movie? Oh, I don't know. I I liked Janine Triplehorn. She's lovely. Oh, yeah. She kind of plays a watery governess to the little girl. You know, Kevin Costner, when he plays off of children actors, he has this special rapport that he does. And he had it in that movie a little bit. And I thought it was cute. That's about it. That wasn't really on my list. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we get a bonus. Yeah, it was a bonus because I was just saying how... You know, some movies have huge budgets, but they don't do well commercially. I think maybe it's a good time for me to segue into my big budget bad movie. Okay, let's hear it. And it might could be one of my most favoritest movies of all time. 
That's not Goodfellas. Okay. Showgirls. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Bitch, I knew you'd have that one. I almost put it on mine, but I knew you would have it. So <laughs> We couldn't have any overlap. Right. So tell me, what do you like about Showgirls? Oh, God, it's just campy as all shit. It stars Elizabeth Berkley, formerly Jesse Spano. She was trying to get that Saved by the Bell child star thing off of her. By and being what, trampy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What better way to do it than by being Nomi Malone? Yeah, because that's a trampy name. It was kind of an all about Eve meets Cinderella. Yeah, it's kind of, it, it's a slutty Cinderella story. Ooh, I like Not that. Not that we're slut shaming or anything like that. Nomi's just doing what she's got to do in a patriarchal world, etc. Amen. But um, let's see. It, this movie has it all. It's got Kyle McLaughlin looking like an old lesbian. It's got awkward dolphin sex with said Kyle McLaughlin. It's got Gina Gershwin. Gershon. Oh, sorry. Gina Gershon as Crystal, spelled like the champagne. And then um, she's like, oh, you like doggy chow. What was with the doggy chow? I never really got that line. I think that's what they were calling the brown rice with vegetables. Oh. The showgirls diet. Okay. Yeah. Because Nomi's like, oh, God, where was it? Um, Someone was asking, oh, what do you want to eat? And she's like, I want a hamburger, fries, and a soda. Oh, get her brown rice, vegetables, and a bottle of Avion. Okay. They're trying to act like eating a burger and fries and soda on the regular is going to give you a tight little showgirl body. <laughs> give me a break. You're, yeah. e- you're eating the doggy chow. That's right. I thought it was kind of more like a white trash shaming yeah, it was like white trash with glitter on it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why I could relate to this movie. <laughs> I'm white trash with glitter on it. Were you pretty young when you saw it the first time? Yeah. So were you kind of confused about the circular grinding that she did on Kyle McLaughlin? Like, what? what is that movement? What is she doing? Not completely. Like, I kind of figured they were trying to fuck. Okay. So. Well, I don't know that movie. I, I was in my late teens. Uh-huh. Okay. So you knew. Yeah. But like watching him in the fountain, I mean, watching him in the pool, I'm like, okay, um, all that water's going to get up your hoo-ha and dry out your lady grease. I hope you got silicone lube or something in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of like doing it in a hot tub is not what it's cracked up to be. Uh You know what I mean? Hollywood gives you bad ideas about sex. Hey, let's go bang in a hot tub. Oh, wait, now I have a yeast infection. Thank you. Ew. This is great. (laughs) This is fun. I think with this movie, the only thing that I would cut out of the movie is the rape scene. Where her friend gets raped by um, by Andrew Carver, the musician. That was that was just completely gratuitous. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I would cut it out because it didn't really fit with the general fun of the movie. Exactly. Other than that, the movie was pretty much good trashy fun. I think I'd mentioned it in another episode. I almost mentioned showgirls in an in-class writing assignment about Macbeth. Because wow. there was yeah, there was a line about Oh, God, I forgot who it was that warned him that um, the way you get your power, sometimes you'll get your power taken from you that same way. Like there's going to be another successor taking that power away since you kind of usurped someone else's throne. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came to my mind was Crystal going, there's always someone younger and hungrier than you waiting to push you down the stairs. That's right. And a handful of beads. Mm hmm. And I'm just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't write the showgirls reference into my in-class assignment. But I did tell my professor afterwards. I'm like, that was the first thing that came to my mind. You know, showgirls. And he's like, you mean the worst movie ever? I said, you mean the best movie ever? <laughs> That's not Goodfellas. You know, speaking of Goodfellas, I bought my husband a shine box. Go on and get your fucking shine box. Yes, right. You motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would have like a shine to his shoes. 
I just bought him the box so he could like maybe, I don't know, store CDs in there or put his feet up on it. Ah, okay. So what's on your official list? My official list, I'm going to start with my number five, and that is The Craft. 1996. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen the craft in a while. Yes. And I, I bind you, Nancy. That's right. I bind you, Nancy. Nancy, played by Feruza Balk. Oh, I, I was obsessed with her. And Robin Tooney. Why were you obsessed with Feruza Balk? She was just super pretty, like the dark hair, blue eyes. And it's like, oh, I want to look like her so bad. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Lyria, the shop owner lady. She was like the good witch. She had some nice flowy blouses that middle-aged ladies wear. thought that was cool. I think I'm going to start entering my flowy blouse years where I don't have to worry about doing so many sit-ups. Yeah, didn't you say you were going to start shopping at Talbot's or something? Or Chico's. Chico's, that's the one. Chico's. Is there still a Chico's? I don't know. I have to check that out. Okay, they better not go out of business by the time I hit my Chico shopping years. Oh, that would be tragic. It would be. I was looking forward to middle age for a reason, Chico's. That's Stay right. open. <laughs> okay, you want to know what my favorite uh, quote is by Nancy? Oh, go ahead. She goes, we are the weirdos, mister. <laughs> and my favorite music, and this is kind of a throwback to your last episode with Sabrina, Falling by Connie Francis. Ah, a nice little rockabilly song. That was the scene where the mom, they just had just gotten rich and she's like prancing around in her little condo and she bought a jukebox full of Connie Francis records. Oh my gosh. That's the glamorous way to be rich. It is. Have a jukebox full of 1950s crooner records. Yeah. Like what kind of crooners? Let me see. I got to think of those things off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have to have the aforementioned Connie Francis. Uh-huh. Definitely Sinatra. That's kind of a no-brainer. Dean Martin. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Who else? Who else? Who else? I like Gene Vincent. Oh. I always think of that Injury in the Blockheads song, Sweet Gene Vincent. Cool. That's a good one. It starts off all slow, and then it busts down into this rockabilly sort of thing. Now, what do you think of their little quasi-Wiccan religion that they do? I hate to call it Wiccan because then, you know, there would be lots of people that would say that's not true Wiccan or anything like that. So I'm just thinking it's some sort of made up. There's always gatekeepers when it comes to that sort of thing. I mean, Wicca was invented in the 50s, so I'm not going to get all... That it's an ancient, you uh -uh. know, long-standing religion. I mean, it was pulled from like a bunch of ancient practices and whatnot, but Wicca itself was 1950s British. Oh, yeah. it was started like in some sorority or something. Hmm. Let's go with that one. I like that theory. Yeah. Let's let's make up a history for it. Yes. This alternative is history. Yeah. I believe in alter. This is an era of alternative facts anyway. So fuck it. That's right. Wicca was invented in a sorority. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at me. Well, I just imagine that because, you know, we can also do alternate realities. So in an alternate reality, you can have like a group of sorority girls that um, are, you know, like playing with blood and and magic and drinking. And then they come up with this religion. See? Feasible? I think that's feasible. Okay. I've never been in a sorority. Have you? No. Okay. But Sarah is a natural witch and the other girls are not. They're like learned witches. And so... It's kind of interesting because it brings up that whole ability of where does power come from, from within or from with study? Yeah, I've always wondered about that, too. 
Me too. It's like, is magic available to you only if you have other magical people in your lineage or can you learn it? Yes. And I don't know. There's movies and literature that take on both sides. Yeah. And I've heard also, you know, your intention is like the big thing too. And then the spells that you do are kind of a way to, it's like a concrete way to remind yourself of your intentions. Yes. To focus your will. Exactly. It's not just a case you light a candle and walk away. It's a case of you still have to do the work, but the spell gives the work that you're doing a boost. I like that. A boost. So what's your next movie? Well, speaking of Kevin Costner from Waterworld, I'm going to go with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, (laughs) okay. It's a colossally bad movie. You have Kevin Costner and his meandering accent. But you also had him in that bathing scene in his prime. So, you know. Points for that. I wasn't mad at that. Mm-hmm. The acting was not the best. What about Mary Elizabeth? I can't pronounce her name. Master Antonia? Yes. I always loved her hair. She does have good hair. Mm-hmm. And she was in Scarface. She was? Yeah. I didn't know that. She played the little sister. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You blew my mind. Yeah. Explosion. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. Um... Her opening scene in the beginning, she was kind of in like a suit of armor fighting off Robin Hood because she thought he was an intruder or something like that. And then at the end, she becomes the damsel in distress. So I'm just like, okay. But it was a funny scene because it had... um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yes, I was just going to bring him up. I think he knew that it was a crap movie, so he was just having fun with it. So he was chewing the fuck out of that scenery. He was nomming on it. He was gorging on it. Just nom, 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 nom. Feed me. He was. Mm-hmm. He was having fun with it. I will carve your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. R.I.P. indeed. Or as the kids say these days, rip. Do they say that? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's not fit for television. What it, That reminds me of. <laughs> rip. I work with middle schoolers, so. <laughs> oh, that's right. You have the in thing. Yes. The young kids and their TikTok. What's TikTok? It's like, um, I guess it's like if YouTube and Snapchat had a botched abortion. That's what TikTok is. <laughs> yeah, it's another social media account. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one more thing I would have to check. Yeah, probably enough challenges just keeping up with Twitter and uh-huh. Facebook. I've been neglecting the Twitter and the Facebook because I'm also stuck with um, my school stuff. Yeah. So you can mostly find us on Instagram. I don't neglect my Instagram so much. But one of the things I did like about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is that whole Sherwood Forest setup where they just kind of made it into its own little mini village. Oh, yeah. Kind of tucked away from all the baddies and whatnot. And I thought, oh, my God, I want a Sherwood Forest of my very own. Oh, yeah. And uh, who played uh, the red guy? Scarlet. Johnny Scarlet. Oh, Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet. Christian Slater. That's right. What happened to Christian Slater? Uh, He was in uh, Mr. Robot. Oh, I did not know that. That would be a contemporary piece. You're more in the know than I am. Well, everything comes around. Yes, it does. Okay, what's next on your list? The next one on my list is a good favorite of mine called Death Becomes Her, 1992. It's been a thousand years since I've seen that one. It's got Meryl Streep. Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Yes, I remember that. Isabella Rossellini. I love Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, she's beautiful. Uh, so two middle-aged frenemies fight over the same man and vie for fame and beauty. 
They take a potion to give them eternal youth and find a way to cheat death. I want that. I know. Yeah, I saw the scene where, where the boobs are getting perky again. I'm yeah, like, okay, kinda, I need that. I need that in my life. It shrinks up and goes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her butt cheeks kind of go whoop and go up. <laughs> I want my butt cheeks to do that. But Isabella Rosalini warns them. She says, take care of yourself. You and your body are going to be together for a long time. Be good to it. And that's good advice. No matter anytime. what. That's right. The spell is just the boost. Don't let somebody shoot a hole through your abdomen. Because you still got to take care of that body. Yeah. Don't let somebody hit in the head with a shovel and twist your neck around. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Their body's got all weirdly elastic, too. Yeah. Like silly putty or something. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? I got the ass of a woman half my age. (laughs) Okay. Hashtag real brag. Speaking of silly putty. Mm -hmm. Have you seen The Room? No. Tell me why so. It's just one of the worst movies that ever happened in recent history. Okay, well, I cheated and I had looked up lists for bad movies in preparing for this podcast, and The Room was on there a lot. This one is really hard for me to explain. It is so terrible, but it's about um, Tommy Wiseau stars as himself as a banker with stringy hair. I'm not sure how he's kept this banker job with his stringy hair and looking like a hobo and shit. That's not proper bank attire. No. You're supposed to look more like a dude bro. Like American Psycho. That's a good banker look. Yes. I would trust him with my banking. No way. He'd abscond with my money. And he might chop you up and put you in the freezer. Yeah. So anyway, he's, um, I can't even make sense of the plot, but he, he and his girlfriend live together. They have overly drawn out sex scenes. There's like bad 90s slow jams playing in the background during the sex scene yes and the candlelight and the curtains and his body it looks like silly putty that's been rolled around on the funny papers because he has tattoos no it's just it just I, i don't know there's something with his skin so he has like gumby skin i guess so all right nobody wants to see a naked tommy sorry is he pasty yeah oh but it somehow made it into a cult classic probably because it was so terrible and she's having an affair with his best friend so, you know, there, there's that whole triangle going on. And in the end, he eats his gun. And let's see, they made a riff tracks out of it, which I still need to see. I still need to get that. Tommy Wiseau later on decided, oh, it's a dark comedy. And I was like, no, you meant it as a serious drama and it didn't pan out and it was an unintentional comedy. But OK, go ahead and work it. Yeah, because after he's, the fact. But now he's gone on to infamy and selling merch and whatnot because of the whole cult thing going on. Is he still rocking the greasy hairdo? I think so. Ew. Nobody wants to buy like a my pillow from a greasy haired dude. Let's hope he's not selling pillows. Or vitamin pills. I wouldn't trust those vitamin pills. Or sanitary napkins. Don't want them from a greasy guy. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But what did you like about the movie? It was fun to laugh at. Okay. And I think it would have been a lot more fun if I had the riff tracks with it. Fair enough. All right, your turn. Okay, the next one I have to admit I'm a little embarrassed about and you're going to laugh at me. Don't laugh. Okay. Hold it in. (laughs) Okay. Vampire Academy. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I lied. 2014. (laughs) I like Zoe Deutsch. Is that how do you pronounce her name? Deutsch? Let me, let me, let me, let me Google this. Let me Google this. Yeah, Zoe Deutsch. Yeah. Yeah. Sprocken Z Deutsch. Yes. She is the daughter of Leah Thompson. How about that? And Jolie Richardson has a little part in it. And so that's fun. So it's about these girls who, well, 
Zoe Deutsch plays a character named Rose, who is a dampier, which we all know is a half vampire. Oh. And she is the guardian of the vampire princess. Don't <laughs> don't okay. laugh. Okay. okay, I won't. Okay. I'm holding it in. All right. Holding it in. And they go to boarding school for vampires. And uh That's so glamorous. I always wanted to go to boarding school. You know what? I the thing is I'm a sucker for a movie about boarding schools. <laughs> I, I I am. Oh my god, you should read a great and terrible beauty. I will. Yeah, it takes okay. place in a Victorian boarding school. Oh, I lo- oh my god! Oh, oh, it's 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 wonderful. They oh, need I to make that, that into a movie. If they haven't already. They should. Speaking of Victorians, there's one, the picnic at Hanging Rock. Mm. That's kind of the thing about boarding schools is that they kind of have like this sexy kind of thing going. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, and it's like quasi gay or lesbian little mm-hmm. thrill going on. Yeah, you know, so it makes it. I don't know. It's it's charged up, but. except for the times you get to mingle with the boys' prep school. That's right. <laughs> That's fun too. <laughs> so uh, the plot was stupid, but I liked the movie just because. And there's like this Russian guy named Dmitri, and he's like the head uh, guardian. And so she's got like this thing going on with this Russian guy, but you know, he wasn't really my type. He was a little too old for the part in my opinion. Ah. And I think they should have used that guy, Alex Pettifer. I think he's hot. Google him if you haven't seen him yet. He's hot. Okay. Let me Google him. All right. He kind of looks like Robert Redford, but younger, taller and thinner. Okay. Let me see. He was in the movie, I am number four. Oh, he's a British actor, too. Mm-hmm. All right. I approve. Okay. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. People also ask, is Alex Pettifer married? Where does Alex Pettifer live? How much is Alex Pettifer worth? Are you trying to stalk the dude? Are you is trying that to his real him? hair? <laughs> he's young. It's probably his real hair right now. For now. For now. All right. All right. I've got the New York Ripper. I'm drawing a blank. That's okay. It was made in 1982. I just saw it this Halloween. And oh my God, it is so bad. It's like the, those Italian horror movies. And let's see. Um, it was made in 1982. It's kind of that um, gory, kind of noirish quality that you see in Italian horror. And basically this guy is terrorizing New York City. And he's terrorizing like women who are sex workers or who are just a little too free with their sexuality. Oh. And, and he's basically like cutting them up like Jack the Ripper kind of thing. Okay. So the dirty whore has got to die. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it's the early 80s. It's like grimy old school New York. Uh-huh. This is pre-gentrification New York. So given that it was an early 80s movie, you're definitely going to have some casual misogyny throughout. Yeah, misogyny. I like that. Get your shoulders done. No, no. Oh. The hatred of women. Oh, I'm sorry. But... um. You know, like the women are objectified quite a bit. And then like the medical examiner was doing an autopsy on one of the women. He's like, and it looks like there was um, sex or something like that. And it's like, no, I think it was rape because I don't think she was consenting to any of that. Oh, oh yeah. It was something like sex took place or whatever. I'm like, nah, I think that's rape. Sorry, dude. Call it what it is. And I think it could be a reasonably terrifying movie in an 80s kind of way, except the villain kept calling up to terrorize people and taunt them, like using this Donald Duck voice, like this quacking. You mean like Disco Duck? Yeah, like that kind of quacking. Wow. And I'm like, okay, I'm not scared anymore. No. This is just stupid. Yeah. And I would probably watch it again because it's so dumb. Disco. Disco Disco Duck. Duck. (laughs) 
there's a lot to unpack with that one. All right. You got this weirdo psychiatrist. You've got, um, is he a doctor or something? Or like some young scientist or doctor in there? And then with his goody two-shoes girlfriend and then the psychiatrist's wife, I think he has an open relationship with his wife. And so, of course, his wife is one of the victims. Mm-hmm. And then there's a guy missing two fingers. Could he be the New York Ripper? Is it based on a true story or is it pure fiction? Pure fiction. I see. A tallow horror. I think it's called giallo horror. Well, my next one is an oldie but a goodie. Roadhouse. <gasps> oh my God, it's on my list too. No. Yes. 1989 <laughs> starring who? Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. He got me through puberty. I know. He's great, isn't he? I will he? forever be grateful to Patrick Swayze. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Exactly. Good versus evil. When head cooler, which is basically a bouncer, works for the double deuce <laughs> in a small town. And you know who it has in it? Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yes, they do. And featuring John Doe as Pat, the bartender. Oh. As you know, John Doe was in the band X. There's your punk rock trivia for the day. That's right. And he has one of my favorite lines. He says, you see, I'm leaving and you're the one who's going. (laughs) And Jeff Healy from the Jeff Healy band is also in it. Oh, yes. I was kind of wondering, too, since um, since Dalton is nice, Mm -hmm. you got to be nice. Yes. He believes in nonviolence, mm-hmm. and yet he goes throat ripping and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if he was like supposed to be the 90s version of Billy Jack. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> that, that's like a term paper. Wow. I think I can write my thesis on that. You should. That should be like your big number one thesis, however they do it. You know what's another fun quote? So there's a scene at the end where... Patrick Swayze's character is fighting uh, Jimmy, this guy with a slick back hair, and he's got oh, that yeah. necklace with a shark tooth or something on it, and he's like this tough guy, Mm-mm. and he grabs him, and he goes, I used to fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> 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 and it's like, oh, wait, uh, what? Record scratch. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. And it would have just been so funny in the movie if he would have just paused and said, wait, what did you say? (laughs) But didn't you want to have a gingham dress after that? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Oh, the 80s, the era of pancake ass. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I always notice that, like, like in Roadhouse and then um, Married with Children, like all the bikini models they show there, they all have pancake ass. Yeah, and they all have these high cut swimsuits or underwear that goes like way above their hip bone and it's yeah. supposed to make their legs look longer uh-huh. but it's it's not a good look no yeah I, I was a girl with a booty before it was okay to be a girl with a booty tragic it must have been tragic for yeah. you but then sir mix-a-lot came out with baby got back so and then i pay tribute to sir mix-a-lot each and every day it helped you come into your own yes all right. I was kind of wondering about like the ending of Roadhouse. You know, spoilers for movies done 30 years ago. But um, like when, what's his name? Was it Wesley? That corrupt um, businessman? Oh, like, the Jay-Z Penny came because of me. Yeah. Like he got shot in the end in the house. Yeah. And then everyone is like, nope, totally didn't do it. Nope. They all did the deniability. It kind of reminded me of um, the Ken McElroy case. 
Have you heard the movie um, In Broad Daylight? I think it was, um, oh God, who was in it? Um, Brian Dennehy played the Ken McElroy type character. Okay. But this guy, he was terrorizing this little town in Missouri in like throughout the 70s. Google the Ken McElroy thing, you guys out there. But it's one of those cases, I don't normally advocate vigilante justice because who's to say who deserves to... Well, Billy Jack. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right. But this is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I don't blame the vigilantes for coming after because he kept slipping through the legal cracks. Like he had a really good lawyer who'd get him off of these cases. Like he was constantly raping, constantly robbing, constantly threatening to kill people. And he just kept slipping through the cracks. And then in the middle of the afternoon, I guess he was on his way to one of the trials. Out in the middle of the crowded town square, he was shot in his truck. And like his wife was like the only witness. Uh-huh. But she couldn't quite make out who it was. She could see maybe who it was, but everyone in the town, nope, didn't see anything. Nothing happened. Didn't see anything. Yeah. And police didn't bother to pursue it. Yeah, Red. Red was one of the guys that murdered Wesley, right? <gasps> Red Foreman? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's he right. He didn't see nothing. No. <laughs> so there's my little true crime adjacent trivia in there. Yes, there was crimes committed in that movie. Things got crimey. That's right. Like the hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> the mullets. Oh, so much mulletude. That's right. I don't care. Patrick Swayze could have a mullet if he wants to. I don't care. And teased bangs that go up. Oh, my God. I had teased bangs in my middle school years. It was glorious. Yeah, it's like a wave uh-huh. on your top of your forehead. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. A thing of beauty. My God, how many hairspray fumes did I inhale on the regular? I had big hair in the 80s. Ooh. Big hair. I bet. So if anyone wonders about my mental state, blame it on the hairspray. (laughs) I was huffing without trying to huff, okay? I was huffing without trying. That's right. It was just in the bathroom. You had the bathroom shut and it's just the fumes, you know. Huffing without trying. There we go. So you stole my thunder with Roadhouse, but that's okay because we had something we could talk about. I'm going to talk about Mommy Dearest. (gasps) Ooh. Mommy Dearest. Do tell. I shall. Mommy Dearest was a biopic about Joan Crawford based on the scathing tell-all by her adopted daughter, Christina. And it was starring Faye Dunaway, who chewed the fuck out of that scenery. I mean, say what you want about Mommy Dearest being all melodramatical and shit like that. But Faye Dunaway completely embodied that character. I didn't see Faye Dunaway on the screen. I saw Joan motherfucking Crawford on that screen. I mean, we could talk about Diana Scarwood's mid-Atlantic accent that goes Southern. (gasps) Yeah. Got to maintain that mid-Atlantic throughout the... Yeah, but it sounded like mid-Atlantic meets Southern. And for those of you not in the know, the mid-Atlantic accent, that's where... um, It's that old-timey accent that was deliberately fabricated to appeal to both British and American theater and radio audiences. Yeah, it was kind of like a boarding school accent. They actually taught that in boarding schools back then. Ah, Catherine Hepburn was known for having that mid-Atlantic accent, as was Franklin Roosevelt, I believe, too. But that's that old-timey accent you see in movies. Would you like to do some? I always tend to sound more like 1920s, like the 1920s Connecticut Longjaw accent, where my friends Bunny and Biff would go to the ping-pong match. I always think of Gloria Upson in Auntie Mame. <laughs> you could write a whole book about what happened to me. Well, me and Bunny Bixley were at the ping pong tournament, and I smashed the ping pong ball. It was positively ghastly. That's good. That sounds mid-Atlantic to me. Thank you. So, Mommy Dearest, that was definitely good fun. Of course, I loved all the costuming. It's got so many good one-liners. Yes. Such as the infamous, no more wire hangers 
Never! I can see that kind of almost being like a Rocky Horror Picture Show where people are acting out some of the things, throwing wire hangers at the screen or something. Although I would imagine the insurance on wire hangers <laughs> causing injuries and whatnot. <laughs> Poke it in the eye with a wire hanger. Right? Hey. Oh my god. Tore yeah. my eye out. That would be my absolute nightmare. I like that scene where uh, they have like a swimming contest and she just beats the pants off her daughter and she's yeah. just like yeah! In your face! <laughs> I beat you! Loser! I will always be faster than you. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah! Nice parenting. Some of us will always be bigger and faster. And then, um, of course, when I go into my cleaning rages, is it clean? Do you think it's clean? I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. I don't think she was really mad at just the dirt. She was mad at herself. Her failing career. The way Hollywood chews you up and spits you out. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This ain't my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. That's also a good one-liner. I know, but Dr. Phil says it all the time. Kind of ruins it, huh? Fuck you, Dr. Phil. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got to start Twitter beef with Dr. Phil now. (laughs) I got to stay relevant, man. And you do that these days with Twitter beef. I avoid those things. Actually, I have um, decided I left Facebook. That was my only link to social media. And I was just, I can't take anymore. It's Mm -hmm. making me mean. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I don't really go on my Twitter so much anymore. As such, I've been neglecting the Procrastination Planet Twitter for that. I apologize. I'll get to it at some point. But, you know, I put the Procrastination and Procrastination Planet. That's what the show's called. Yeah. I'm being on brand. That's what it is. You know what? That's a marketing genius. We'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else on your list? Yes. One more. All right. I've got... Staying Alive, 1983. John Travolta reprieves his role as Tony Monero, featuring Cynthia Rhodes, which I love. Don't you love Cynthia Rhodes from... She was in Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. She played Penny the pregnant fallen girl. Yes. Who got the botched abortion. That's right. Dirty Dancing was like the best pro-choice message ever. It was. Mm -hmm, Because back alley abortions can fuck you up. And Fanola Hughes as bad girl Laura. And I loved that character because she got to wear like these cool leather pants and these fur collar jackets. And she had like this long crimped hair and she got to be mean. And he just, John Travolta just fell all over himself chasing (laughs) her. It was so awesome. I want long crimped hair. Me too. I do have a fur collar coat. You do? Well, it's a fake fur. Yeah. It's a suede coat with like fake fur and I pretend it's my Muppet coat. Yeah. That's my power coat. It should be. We should all have a power coat. But, you know, now that I've seen it again more recently, I'm thinking, oh, she was wearing leather pants, but they were pleated. Oh, no. (laughs) So... Yeah. Pleated leather pants. You're not so fabulous. Sorry, no, girl. No. <laughs> pleated. Pleated. Pleated leather pants. Uh-uh. Okay, I got to look this shit up. Yeah. But I know the Bee Gees were still on the soundtrack. They were, but they were overpowered by a little nepotism because Frank Stallone. Oh, my God. He's such a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sylvester like- Stallone's brother who Sylvester Stallone directed the movie. Are you Googling? Yeah, I was trying to Google the pleated leather pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he's got Frank Stallone is like like mad right wing now. 
Ew. Like he was talking shit about the um, Parkland shooting victims, about how they're being wusses and whatnot. And so, of course, everyone dogpiled on him. And they're like, all the stuff that Frank Stallone said is really going to tank his... Never mind. What career? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I thought that Cynthia Rhodes did a good job in the singing. She sung his songs, but I I liked her singing. She kind of has this deep alto voice, and I thought it it just sounded nice. I liked her. Makes her a triple threat. I always wanted to be a triple threat, but I can't sing for shit. And my dancing is kind of hilarious. Do you dance like um, Brady Bunch? I dance like Elaine Bennis. <laughs> no, <laughs> that little kick <laughs> <laughs> and the flailing arms. The flailing, oh no! Okay, <laughs> but fun fact: Patrick Swayze is in the movie. What? Yes, he is a chorus dancer extra. <gasps> and there's a point on the stage because they they were doing that Broadway production, Satan's Alley, <gasps> and so they're all dressed like. Uh, like devils or something? Like devils, or, but like sexual whippings and chains. Sexual whipping devils. Yeah. Sexual bondage devils. Yeah, bondage devils. Pat- Patrick Swayze as a sexual S&M devil. Yeah. I'm in. I know, and he's in, in there, and he's on the stage, and he lifts Cynthia Rhodes in the air. Oh. And guess what else? You know who was a band member in the band? Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi. Oh. So there's that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. There we go. I love all these interesting bits of trivia. I think in our bonus content, we have to have clips of some of the bad movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that'll be fun. Y'all will get some great bonus content. A link to where to find pleated leather pants. Where to get your hair crimped. How to crimp your hair. Yes. Crimping tutorials. Yes. Oh, my God. Get Finola Hughes' bad girl look from yeah. the late everybody 70s or the 80s. Everybody uses everybody. <laughs> and fake a British accent. That's right. Although hers is real, I think. She is British. Yeah. She's a soap opera star, right? She was in General Hospital. Ah. She was in another disco movie called The Apple, but I haven't seen it yet. Oh, God. I have so much to do. They said it's like Xanadu. <gasps> Xanadu. 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 My mom swears up and down that Electric Light Orchestra was playing while I was being born. I don't know. Wow. I'm not sure the veracity of that particular statement, but I'll go with it. I was going to have for my little bonus blood sport. (gasps) (gasps) Blood sport. Blood sport. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, I love him. Oh, yeah. Doing the splits on the chairs. I remember being obsessed with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme because he was all muscular and shit like that. Shut up. Don't judge me. And he was tan and oily. Yes. Muscular, tanned, and oily. (laughs) That's the criteria for a late 80s, early 90s crush. Kind of like in Lost Boys without a saxophone player. Sergio. (laughs) The one that John Hamm spoofs on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was so shiny. Uh U.S. soldier Frank Dux goes to Hong Kong to be accepted into the Kumite. And that's the secret underground battle. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But it's an underground battle. They play for blood because it's a blood sport. And then they had, um, who the fuck played Chong Lee again? But he was like this huge, huge guy. You know he juiced up. I don't remember. Who played him? He was in, he was in a couple of Bruce Lee films too. Wow. Bruce yeah. Lee. Oh, Bolo Young. And he was the, the big guy. Yeah, he was the big dude. It was like the finale fight, right? Mm-hmm. 
And you know, like his manager, I don't know, like manager or his boss, that lady with the short cropped hair. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing like a leotard, you know, with a high, high hip bone <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, God, those... Those 80s leotards. We're going to be linking to 80s leotards now. Now I know what to put on my Instagram. (laughs) 80s leotards. That's right. (laughs) We talk about 80s leotards in this episode. So it was definitely very campy, very narmy. Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't want to say he's not a good actor, but bless his heart. But you could say it like, he's not a good actor. He's not a good actor, but he was competent. He um, does really good stunts. He was an action hero. Yes, he was an action hero. You don't have to be a good actor to be an action hero. Right. We're not doing Macbeth. It's, you know, mm-hmm. the splits. You can do it's the split sport. Yeah. It's blood sport and doing the splits and awkward dancing in a bar in Hong Kong. Right. Yeah, you don't got to be a good actor to do that shit. So there. Was he in the French Born Legion or something? Or was that a different movie? I think that's a different Lionheart. movie. Lionheart. That was Lionheart. Okay, I haven't seen Lionheart. Well, you should. It's really good. Now it's on my list. All right. Put it on there. Okay. Bonus content for you. Okay. (laughs) What was I going to say about that? Oh, yeah. I remember in um, seventh grade, one of the girls in my PE class was super obsessed with Bloodsport. And every time we had teams, we had to give a team name. She's like, let's name our team Bloodsport. I have to agree with her. That's a great name for a team in Mm -hmm. PE class. Bloodsport. Yeah. I think she was not wrong. Life is a blood sport, my friends. Yeah. Could be a double entendre for, you know. Becoming a woman. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Sorry. I didn't go right to Carrie. I love Carrie. That's a good one. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you. You want to hear my bonus content? Oh, yes. I have a graph. You can't see it, but it's here. It's called All Five Degrees of Separation of Patrick Swayze. God rest his soul. Oh, my gosh. Some via Kevin Bacon. All right. So the main thing is it starts with Vampire Academy. Mm -hmm. Vampire Academy starred Zoe Deutsch, who was the daughter of Leah Thompson, who was in Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze. That's right. So she gets one point for that. Plus, she was also in a movie with Zoe Kravitz called Vincent and Roxy. Zoe Kravitz was in X-Men First Class with Kevin Bacon who was in a movie called Trapped with Charlize Theron. And then she was in a movie called Waking Up in Reno with Patrick Swayze. The Craft, Robin Tooney, was in the Darwin Awards with Chris Penn, who was also in Footloose with Kevin Bacon, Bacon. which leads to Charlize Theron and Waking Up in Reno and Patrick Swayze. Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze. (laughs) Death Becomes Her, Meryl Streep. The River Wild to Kevin Bacon to Charlie Theron to Waking Up in Reno to Patrick Swayze. Staying alive, John Travolta with Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Cynthia Rhodes. Dirty Dancing with Patrick Swayze. That's right. It all leads to Patrick Swayze. God rest his soul. All roads lead to Swayze. As they should. <laughs> all right. I think that was a good list and I think the graphic was a very good outro you can keep it no wonder you're keeping that as yes <laughs> secret. My secret that was your secret so thank you for tuning in to our bad movies we love i'm carly knight and i'm donna Hearth. and this has been procrastination planet yay bye bye Procrastination Planet has been written and produced by me, Carly Knight. Our logo is designed by C. Trojan of C. Trojan Art. Our theme music is Laser Unicorns by Christian Penn. 
courtesy of Jamenda Licensing. Check us out at procrastinationplanet.com. Over there, you can catch links to our bonus content for every episode, as well as links to our Patreon and our Teespring pages. All other sound at Procrastination Planet is courtesy of Charlie and Holly, our official podcast puppies. Don't forget to drop us an email at procrastinationplanetpod at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing. 